0: Welcome back to the Combat Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and today I am delighted to welcome my guest, Selena Lung. We're going to talk about her background, which was initially marketing, moving on to freelance, uh, Group X instructions, and sex and relationships. I'm excited to see where we go with this. Selena, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm going good. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm very good. I'm, as I told you briefly before, I'm slightly apprehensive but excited about this new wave of teaching that's going to happen in the classroom I feel like because it's been nine months it's been weird being in a classroom but I feel like I'll pick it up like we're good at adapting as humans right like Mm. even though we've not done something for a while first day might be weird but we'll still get back to how it was yeah for sure can I ask you then just to begin with um, a bit more about your background so I believe that You started out in marketing education. Can you tell me a bit more about that?
1: Okay, so yeah, back in my childhood days, I was only interested in singing, dancing, and acting, all kinds of entertainment, even though it's not something I'm super good at. I just knew that I want to be, you know, like famous, in the center, being the intention, and work as a public figure or a celebrity, something like that. And yeah, I just, somehow I just want to shine on the stage. And however, my parents believe it's not a bad choice for me because the career is itself is complicated, they mm. said. And so my dad picked the marketing major for me at University of Greenwich, Vietnam, uh, following my older sister route. So yeah, that's my background marketing.
0: Right, I see. and that's the marketing side of things why you chose it can i ask you about like the entertainment did you i'm, I'm presume you did did you look at anybody in the public eye and think yeah i want to be like you like i'm trying to think of an example like taylor swift
1: <laughs> selena gomez
0: selena gomez That's
1: i got a name selena yeah
0: yeah so you saw someone with your name <laughs>
1: Yeah, got that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love Selena Gomez uh, since I knew about uh, Disney Channel and all of her movies and stuff. I love her and you know just follow her, Mm, and uh, especially my English pronunciation uh, becoming better is is thanks to watching her movies and all kind of her music.
0: Yeah, sure. I I love the fact that you know spoiler. I did watch a bit of Disney Channel myself (laughs) in my early years and just. (laughs) If I knew then that people—and this isn't just uh, Vietnam—but I have discovered people in Vietnam or Romania or the other side of the world in South America are watching the same shows as me, just but also lo- using it to learn their English. I find that amazing. Yeah, I still remember that era so well. Yeah. Nice. Anyone else? There's Selena Gomez. Was there anyone else that you aspired to be
1: like? Um. Selena Gomez actually, uh, you know, since I was a little kid, I want to be, oh my god, I want to be a Hollywood star like like Selena Gomez. I even have an, a note, uh, I post it, I stick it on my wardrobe, uh, I will become a Hollywood star. But yeah, it's not for me, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think it's not for you?
1: Uh, first of all, I like acting, uh, dancing and... and singing the entertainment but it's not something that I'm super good at and during the lockdown last year I because I, I was uh, a I am an X instructor right mm. I, and I have to dance like as it seems like every single day but during the lockdown I, I didn't have the chance to dance because all dreams are closed so yeah uh, I didn't dance as much as I used to and then one day I realized you know what I think my passion is not dancing at all it's not entertainment at all and then somehow I just found a new passion actually not a new but my really my real passion
0: right okay your real passion and we are going to move more into that because I think I know what it is we will see as the conversation develops but what I spoke to you about before recording was the fact that you started out in this marketing major Mm -hmm. and you moved then into freelance Mm -hmm. so before the freelancing how did you actually find the experience of being a marketing major?
1: I didn't have any oh wait uh, yeah so sorry um, you know since I, I got into the marketing major and I graduated from the university uh, I found a 9 to 5 job uh, as a marketing and event executive uh, I did it for more than a year like six months of uh, and being an intern and then one year officially uh, staff and I feel like I hate what I do every day mm. like I hate waking up early at 7 and dress up formally <laughs> and go to the office I mean holy shit I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. Right, yeah. So yeah, and and especially also my workplace was a school, so you know everything had to be formal. I cannot like dress up how I want to, even the lipstick. I mean, hello, lipstick, really? None of the feeling. Yeah, so yeah, I quit. Right. And I see. and then, and then um, I I did um, so many part time jobs. Um, as a freelancer yeah but also in the marketing field
0: yeah I see and then I guess move on to freelancing then we've spoken briefly about it what exactly did freelancing entail for you
1: uh... great responsibilities uh... so because you know freelancing means being your own boss right so if you're not disciplined or serious with what you're doing you cannot make money and of course to be proactive and ready to solve the problems that may occur. Uh, sometimes it can be annoying to be honest, but because I chose the route, this route, so I have to get used to it, because you just can't have, cannot have everything you want in life, mm. right? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, but anyway, thanks to this freelancing career, I have more time doing what I love, which is dancing and earn money from it as a robotics instructor.
0: Excellent. So, when we are talking about your freelance work, it's dancing. Is that primarily what you were doing?
1: Uh, yeah. I, I do the. Um, actually, I am a chief marketing officer of uh, MRS Fashion Home, which is my older sister's startup. Uh, I do all of marketing thing in the morning and then it comes to the evening. I dress up and dance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, what, what sort of dancing would you do? I believe you also have done dance teaching and coaching as an instructor. What sort of dance?
1: Uh, dance fitness and sexy dance.
0: Right, okay. And why specifically those two?
1: Uh, first of all, I. So back to the year of 2000. And... Twelve, I graduated from high school and I was fat, <laughs> like, oh, <ugh>, fat. And <laughs> my mom told me like I have to go to the gym, uh, to lose weight and stuff. So yeah, and I did go to the gym. And at the gym where I went to, uh, they had Zumba class, they yeah. have dance class, and all kind of like group, uh, classes. And I I found it very interesting. So so back then I thought that oh this is what I really want to do yeah and I'm also good at dancing too so why not
0: right okay so dancing initially was for fitness can I ask you then because this will form the basis of the later part of the conversation Mm -hmm. why specifically sexy dance was this due to perhaps body image of initially as you said wanting and needing to go to the gym and then I guess flipping it that way why sexy dance
1: I guess because I've always been sexy my whole life <laughs> first of all um so when i was a little kid i usually don't dress up like other kids like they would have like t-shirt and jeans but no i want something sexy i like you know like uh, dress with a tiny dress and short shorts and stuff and back then my mom didn't like what i wear and she even even threatened that if you wear this again i'll use the scissors to just Ruin it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she she couldn't stop me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were undeterred. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I I like the, I like being sexy. The feeling of sexy gives me some kind of confidence. Sure. Yeah, and that's why when it comes to dancing, I I always feel like naturally my body just moves sexily. I didn't do it uh, for unintention, but yeah, it just moves sexily in a natural way and yeah and that's how i i got into the sexy dance teacher yeah
0: and as a sexy dance teacher are you able to teach others how to dance sexy and if so what does sexy represent because you mentioned you were perhaps naturally more inclined to dance sexy Mm. how what does it represent to dance sexy how does it look like how does it feel
1: it feels uh like you're sorry, my, my feminine uh, energy thriving and it gives me the confidence. And that confidence gives me the power to inspire other people. So for example, in my class, I would tell people to touch themselves during um, the, the, the choreography because there are some kind of movements that you t- you have to touch yourself and, and they were not dare to do it. They're afraid. I was like, if you don't dare to touch yourself, then who will, (laughs) right? So yeah, and and since then, a lot of my students told me that since they uh, took my class, they felt more confident in their body.
0: Yeah, and can I ask you, what's your, what would be like a typical person coming to your class? Is it primarily women of a certain age, or...? Um,
1: Yeah, usually women and uh, gay.
0: Right, okay. And what sort of ages are we talking, like, is it variety? Um, more than uh more than 15. Mm. And what I wonder here is about attitudes towards that in Vietnam because in other countries I've been to it's like quite sexually liberal and some very very conservative. Yet with Vietnam I'm not sure where because on one hand it's very conservative like a lot of the times in relationships, but on the other hand I'll give you a story. We had our works Christmas party December 19 and there were children around, there were everything and it was 6.30 the opening act and there were these you know, women in like sexy Santa outfits and I thought this is a bit early surely <laughs> and then there were children running around as well it was like playtime and I thought how is this and then also you can like go down the street in D1 and there are sex shops and there are the certain bars etc so it is out there but it's also quite conservative so I'm just wondering with that both you know to do with Vietnam attitudes towards sex how was attitudes towards your class and a sexy class? Like, how was it received, if that makes sense?
1: I got slut-shaming a lot. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the fun uh, it is um, one of my biggest challenges that I have to face. Um, yeah, because I like to dress up sexy. And when I come in class, I, I have to wear uh, those kind of outfits that makes me feel lusty, feel sexy, you know? It gives me the vibe. and people from the outside they would look through the door and oh my god why is she wearing why is she doing that and she, she 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 she's not afraid at all or yeah you know and yeah and also I I love talking about sex because I I'm sure I believe that um especially women they should have they should speak up for their rights especially in sex and I want to raise awareness about sex positivity uh, positivity as well. Mm. So yeah, I, I made a lot of posts about sex on Facebook, my social media and stuff. And so some people would look at it and assume I'm a slut. Mm, and then I got unfriended by my teacher. <laughs> oh my god. Your teacher? Yeah. Back in my uh, secondary school.
0: Oh, she unfriended you as a result of your post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. How do you know, let me ask you, that, that was the reason? Did, um, she, did she tell you?
1: No, but but since I, I started to post, uh, mm. I, I don't see her in my friend list anymore. So.
0: Right, sure. It's a strange one because when you mentioned that being open, uh, if I may ask you, would you be the sort of person to be open about it with say family and friends where you know if we're sat having a coffee at 10 a.m. you would just talk about sex openly because some people are and then some you know very taboo it just I guess depends on your personality
1: uh it depends on the friend actually and and if I feel like I can talk about it to them I will but I will always try to find a chance to talk about it because I want to normalize sex yeah Mm, and also sex education
0: absolutely yeah no I feel like it is I am trying to think of like the hierarchy of needs obviously you need food water shelter sex isn't that far behind
1: yeah like definitely. you know it's
0: really you know it's not absolutely essential like you can go without but you know it's, it's not too far below so that's why yeah normalizing it I have thought about this quite a lot in the last few weeks and months and thought yeah why is it so taboo in certain areas but I know I guess it just depends and mm-hmm. that forms I guess the basis of your coaching you is this correct you are a sex and relationships coach
1: I will. You will be because I'm saving uh, my tuition fee.
0: Right, excellent.
1: And I'm still making plan for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When was the moment you decided that that was a route you were going to take?
1: Okay, so back in lockdown, when I lost my job, I had so many free time, so much free time doing nothing, (laughs) and then I just um, I I felt many uh, health, woman health. And also mental health conference or workshops online, and I feel like oh this is interesting and it's free, so why why not? And then uh, and it's also funny thing is that because the workshops uh, usually comes from another country, so the different time zones. So I usually set my alarm at like two a.m. to wake up and join the workshop. And my roommate, which uh, who is my sister. She was like freaked out because I said hello to somebody during 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway, um, those workshops gives me the knowledge. And they say knowledge is power, right? So the more I learn about woman health, especially my health, my body, and I just got a power. And suddenly, I, I just don't know what to call it, but it's, I assume it's aside from the universe. Somehow in my head there's a voice saying the word sex coaching, and I didn't even know what is sex coaching, so I just Google it. Yeah. What is sex coaching? And ooh, I felt wow, this is interesting, and this is actually something I want to do because when I sit back and then I, you know, just think like um, about my passion, what I really want to do first one I like sex (laughs) and second is like I like to educate people, inspire people and finally empower them so becoming a sex relationship and love coach will help me to do so Hmm.
0: and are you looking to educate people in groups or one-on-one?
1: both
0: right and if I may ask you then what would be your ideal session so we've mentioned things to do with like women's bodies and hormonal health for example what would it entail would it be do's and don'ts would it be surprising factors would it be about consent what sort of things would you cover
1: uh, I, would, I would want to specialize in women uh, and couples but first women sure. uh, so yeah everything they don't know about it and everything they they think sex is they should be unlearned. So, yeah, I, I want to coach them what is really about sex and it the power that it has. Mm. And what can you do when you know more about your sexuality? Right, okay. Because sex, sexuality is one of the fundamental drives behind everyone's feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. And it defies the means of biological reproduction describes a psychological and psychological representation of self and it orients a person's attraction to others and it also shapes the brain and the body to be pleasure-seeking so I want to empower women with the knowledge about their own bodies and their sexuality
0: Right, I see uh, when we mentioned you know, the phrase power there uh, what are some things that perhaps we aren't aware, of? how powerful exactly is sex would you say and do you have any examples of how powerful it really can be, for hmm. good or for bad?
1: Okay, so I will tell my story sure. because I didn't learn much about how to be a sex coach. Like, I'm sorry, the, the knowledge of a sex coach, I just tell my story. So, uh, I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for 9 years. And we had sex um, in a lot of ways, but when it comes to touching myself, I wasn't there to do it, like masturbation, yeah. Sure. So my boyfriend, during lockdown, he encouraged me, because we, we couldn't meet each other in person, so he encouraged me, why don't you try masturbating once? And I was like, but why should I do that? And he just for no reason. You're you have so many free tan. Just try doing new things you didn't dare to do. And yeah, so I did it. And holy shit <laughs> <laughs> It's a life-changing moments. And I don't know how, but during masturbation I feel like, wow, I can connect to my inner goddess, you know, my inner Feminine energy, and somehow it just—it like I am enlightened. I would say. And so, in... and after that, the the word sex coaching showed up in my head. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was going to ask you why the process of masturbating gave you that sense of enlightenment. Like, what do you think it was about that actual act that gave you those feelings?
1: Mm, hmm. How can I say? Being enlightened here means knowing. What you want to do, um, like truly? Because, like I told you before, I thought that my passion is dancing, is you know, being an entertainer. But um, during lockdown, I I didn't have so much chance to dance. And someday, I I just realized that it's not really my passion. So what is it? And yeah, and 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 just throughout the masturbation, I feel like. Well, I, I didn't have much chance to connect to my sexuality because I didn't have enough of sex education as well. Let me tell you a funny story. I didn't know where my vagina is until I'm 24 years old.
0: Right, I see. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, yeah, just a, and, and it, it gives me the motivation to be an impact for other women because I'm 24 years old. I don't know, where's my vagina? and every girl like at my age somehow they, they are the same as me so it should be a, a change, it should be an impact to make sex become something normal
0: Sure, yeah. How do you think that can happen? Perhaps in school during sex education, I'll give my example when I was about 10 or 11, yeah about 10 or 11 we did it but it was so vague I don't really remember anything from it, to be honest with you. But which shows, like, there was there was no knowledge I took from there that when I actually developed a sexual life later, actually came into handy. So, you know, what do you think can be done in schools, perhaps, or in other organisations, to make it more normal, accessible, or you know, more common knowledge?
1: First of all, we have to educate parents first, because my parents they didn't teach me anything about sex. Uh, when I had a first trip to Thailand with my boyfriend, um, my mom and my, and my parents actually they, they didn't want me to go because they are afraid that I will lose my virginity before marriage. And I was like, why is losing my virginity before marriage is such a big deal? Yeah. And she told me, like, oh my god, like, because the, the Buddha teaches you this, and, like, the Vietnamese culture that, and, <laughs> holy shit, but my mom didn't tell me, like, uh, how to prevent me from uh, getting STI or something like that. Yeah, she didn't okay. tell me all that, she just, you cannot go to Thailand with your boyfriend because somehow you guys will fuck.
0: Right, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I know what you mean. And I guess one thing that it keeps cropping up here when we're talking about education, a lot of people get their education about sex through porn, yeah. and <laughs> that's not the best way. I know a lot of friends who have like spoken to me openly about their porn addictions. Can you talk to me a bit more about that, perhaps? Do you, from your research, from your knowledge, do you know anything else about you know the dangers of porn or why perhaps your coaching could be a more authentic manner than pornography?
1: Hmm. First of all. Porn is not bad, but uh, if you are addicted to it and you cannot find a way out, that that sucks. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's true that so many people got their sex ad through porn, like my boyfriend did, and I didn't because I didn't watch porn at all until I met him, and he was like, "Hey, I know, I knew this from porn. We should try this." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but. Yeah, uh that's like that's why I want to be a sex coach. Like I I wouldn't tell people you cannot watch porn. But I would tell people besides porn you can get other resources learning about your sexuality and your body. Why not doing that? Right. Yeah. I see. Because not so many uh people would dare to watch porn especially girls, little girls. I did.
0: From your work then, what sort of things would you exactly want to raise awareness for?
1: Um, being sexy it's not means you wanna be fuck. Uh, yeah, because I get that a lot. Uh, hey, she dressed up like that, like she's a slut. Yeah, I got slut shaming a lot by what I wear and what I do as a, as a sexy dance instructor. So, yeah, I, I want to normalize that and also raising awareness of victim blaming. Like, because, you know, girls are always get blamed for even though they are raped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, because you dress up like that. And, and I, especially my mom she was like uh, she was like oh my god why why do I buy little bikinis and wear it and I was like because it's pretty duh but you cannot wear it like because my mom told me like you will make other people want to fuck you and I was like why why wearing that it makes people want to fuck me like oh my god my mom is still like a very traditional mm. kind of woman. so yeah she believed kind of things are girls' fault.
0: Right, okay. And do you think, this might be tricky, but do you think because of that upbringing of like quite a traditional conservative methodology that you would, that you were more determined to go down this route? Yeah. sex coaching, yeah. Yes,
1: yes, (laughs) yes, definitely, yes. Like because I know, it's I've, I've, I've been true, and and some other of my friends or people might have the same thing as I did, so that's why I want to make an impact.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but one thing that I've clocked in my mind is that when I do have children, I'm probably not going to be able to tell them exactly what to do, because if I say, don't, do, don't have sex to a marriage, don't do drugs, they will have sex as soon as they can, and they will do drugs as soon as they can. So it's a, it's a very fine balancing act, and this is why, linking to what you mentioned earlier, it's perhaps important to start with the parent-child relationship talking about sex, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. then you can get everything out of the way and say, okay, listen, I know that you'll do it anyway, however, you know, be wary of this, be wary of whatever could happen, or perhaps share similar stories if it's not too awkward or uncomfortable, and just get that awareness in the in the household from you engage. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that'd be key. Cool. The funny thing is that um, back to uh, before Ted holiday, I got a little meeting with my um, also another intern from Fika, which is the place I'm I'm in I'm being an intern for, and. Because I was, I'm a leader of the marketing house in Fika, so I, I want to give them like a little present before Ted holiday, it was a condom, and then I give everyone a condom, and then today I, I met them again, and one girl told me, uh, hey sis, my mom found a condom which you gave me in my bed, and she like, she she didn't happy, or she wasn't happy about it, she was mad at me. And I was like, why mad at you? Like, bring a condom, which means you are having awareness about your sexual health. Why is she mad at it? If she is mad at you, call me. I will talk to her. (sighs) Like, oh my god. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, this is just my view. (laughs) I don't want to get involved in any politics here, but you're keeping it safe. At least if you do find a condom, you're safe. Yeah. So you can say it in that regard. Uh, can I ask you, this is a bit kind of slightly off course, but with your work then, you know, like aspiring sex and relationship coach and being a sexy dance teacher, have you ever found that impact your employability? Like we mentioned about the teacher who unfriended you, because in a lot of environments perhaps there's this, in, there's this notion of making everything formal. Have you ever found, you know, going down the sexy route impact you in terms of how you're employed?
1: Not really, because okay. I feel like if it's something that i need to do then i will be successful on what i i chose yeah right. because i am a very spiritual girl you know so i believe the universe chose the route for me and i just need to follow it cool i believe in myself
0: yeah and if we go to the comeback part of the show the comeback is the setback what's the challenge We've, we've alluded to a few things here, but what do you think has been the main challenge that you faced? Or, you know, one or two things, perhaps, and how have you navigated those?
1: Well, uh, I did mention the slut-shaming. Yes. And also the relationship with my parents when I talk about all of the things about sex and stuff, and being sexy stuff. Uh, yeah, so back then, my, my parents didn't like how I... Dress up like how I dye my hair and my makeup because I look like a whore. They said. Uh, and I didn't. I didn't really give a fuck back then because, I mean, I I bought those stuff. I had to use it. You cannot make me stop dressing up like that. So yeah. Anyway, um, the relationship with my parents changed since I changed myself. I would say, like. Because you know what they say, they say that you cannot change the world, but you can change yourself, right? And when changing yourself here doesn't mean becoming another person, but finding who you are. So when I found who I am, what I want to do, and what my passion is, I feel like they are supporting me actually. (laughs) I told you about a little bikini. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, my mom. (laughs) Few, few weeks ago, when she saw me dress up in a little bikini during the family trip, and she told me the next time you want to dress up with little bikinis like that, choose a trip that I am not there, <laughs> or um, wear it somewhere I cannot see it, so I will not be mad.
0: <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, it's it's better than I will destroy those bikinis and not let you wear anymore. Right, so yeah, yeah, I think it's there's a, a positive shift. Sure. Before and after, I found my passion is. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I also asked my uh, dad to invest a little bit money on my tuition fee. So because he he didn't he didn't know a lot about sex Ed, and he didn't know if. Mm, being a sex coach can bring me any value in my life, or I can earn money from it. He said so. He 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 wouldn't give me a full tuition fee, but he gave me like fifty percent, and the other I would save up for it. So, sure. but I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah, and can I ask you then about what that would actually entail? So, a bit more, a bit more of the details regarding like your tuition. So. How long would it take? What would you do? What do the modules look like? Like, How does your tuition look to be a sex relationship coach? I'm curious.
1: Uh, it's uh, $3,500. So, yeah.
0: How long would it take you to become qualified?
1: Uh, uh, actually, it's an online course that you can just uh, learn based on your own time and your like if you got a lot of free time you can just learn as much as you can when you finish like I don't really remember but it usually takes uh, like six weeks is the least and a maximum would be six months or a year I would say right okay
0: and in terms of the market then I'm thinking about Saigon as a whole I've seen coaching for other areas, but I've never seen sexual relationship coaching. Is there a market for it that you found, or are you going to be like the niche?
1: I'm not the first one. Right. Okay. <sighs> Thanks, God. <laughs> yeah, church, I, yeah, I I have there <laughs> uh, some uh, researchers and I found uh, some sex coaches too, but um, actually, there's a, a girl. They she has a channel called Sex Edu by Jang If You've ever heard Not of heard it? Of yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, she she actually the first one to you know a, a first woman to stand up and speak up about sex education. So she's she's kind of famous right now actually. And yeah, I I I did also found some other love coach and sex coaches. So yeah, the first one. Yeah. But yeah,
0: I'm kind of linking back to what we mentioned earlier about education. And when I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking from the male perspective, I feel like that would reduce pressure. Because I'll tell you an experience from being a young man. I think reason why certain films like American Pie, have you seen American Pie?
1: I did. I I don't really remember but I think I did. Cool.
0: It is basically, you know, it goes around like the whole concept of losing your virginity. Mm -hmm. Because as a, a teenage boy, that is the only thing you care about. Like I can say I went to an all boys school and it's like the only thing, and it becomes this almost like the moment, the thing. It becomes like one of a, a serious, and in some ways, I will ask you in a second if it is, it could be seen as like a serious, significant moment. So when it happens, you're thinking, oh shit, this is it. <laughs> there's a show called The Inbetweeners of Britain and it depicts exactly what it's like. Like, there's so many moments where they go in and it's about to happen and it's all these emotions coming at once. And because of, you know, societal expectations and because of porn, like, you're expected to be like, a god shall we say and it doesn't manifest like that often you know it can be completely ordinary so that's why in in a good way I guess so that's why education can be important because it would reduce that pressure from the male point of view and perhaps yeah ease the burden on the female one as well both sides would be more satisfied if we got that education
1: yeah totally I mean porn is always a little bit extra
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but hugely exaggerated Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah totally
0: Absolutely, that would be key. And we're coming towards the end of the conversation. So let's say we have a chat again a year from now. So it's February 2023, and I'm sitting down with you again. And we're doing round two of the comeback. (laughs) What would you have liked to have achieved?
1: First of all, um, to be known as a sex-love relationship coach, to be accepted by my parents, my, my blood friends, and everybody around me. And also to keep believing in myself that I'm doing this is for my own good and I'm doing this to make an impact for other women, to help other people. So, yeah, I should be sitting here telling you hey, I just um, finished a session with my client and she's happy about it.
0: Excellent. And you mentioned the second one—that acceptance. This fascinates me. Even if you're not necessarily accepted by those around you for what you do, would you still carry on doing it?
1: It will be difficult, definitely, but I—I I love the saying that um, if you want to do it, you will do it, and if you don't want to, you will find an excuse. So, if other people Cannot accept I'm being a sex coach, and if I feel like I want to be accepted by them, I won't become a sex coach. But yeah, we won't reach there because I I believe what I'm doing yeah. right now is for my own good. You're and intrinsically yeah.
0: driven to yeah. become a sex coach. Mm-hmm. Excellent, Selena. I guess my final question: the guest will achieve in the near future. I'd ask what you would want, but I've just asked that then. Final question. Has there been a, anything that I've not asked you that you wanted me to, or that you would like me to? And if so, what is that question?
1: Ah, uh, actually, I forgot to answer the part that you asked me how to navigate it. Um, the challenge. The uh, challenges. You
0: did forget to. That was the key bit. <laughs> Tell me, Selena. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, just to be afraid uh, of being judged by other people because I told you that... Uh, uh, when I teach my sexy dance class and other people just look inside, and they judge me for that, I, I did feel like, oh my God, am I doing something wrong? Am I re- actually too much for like what they said? But after a long time working on self-love and connect to my inner self, my feminine energy, gives me the power to make me believe that I'm doing what I'm doing because it's what I have to do so yeah so I'm living my best life knowing what I want, who I am and I'm unapologetic and those opinions about me from those toxic people they can all fuck off (laughs) like Madonna used to say I'm tough, I'm ambitious and I know exactly what I want, it, it makes me a bitch, okay. So yeah, I'm a bitch, and you are those toxic people, so I'm the winner, duh.
0: That is a very emphatic final message. <laughs> Selena, thank you very, very much for sharing, and I wish you all the best in your future endeavors.
1: Thank you for having me.